0: And now it's time for a city update with Lee Humphreys. Good afternoon, uh, Lee. How are you? I'm doing well, Graham. How are you? All right. It's your turn uh, now and... Uh where are all these U-turns coming from?
1: Well, U-turn if you want to, Graham. I'm uh, I'm not for turning. You've been practicing that all day, haven't you? <laughs> um, I thought it's just the lady not for turning. The lady was not for turning, was she? That was a while ago. That was the previous one. Yes, it was, yes. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we've had a few U-turns, haven't we? Indeed, we have. We've had the one on with the um, well, obviously the the, the the big one this week, the uh, government's uh, sort of U-turn on the forty-five pence mm. uh, tax rate, and then the the bankers' bonus kind of thing. We also saw, which you may have seen. Elon Musk, U-Turning, is going to be buying Twitter now. Yes, two weeks before he was going to court, wasn't it, over this That's case. right. It, yeah. was going to be, it was going to be a court in Delaware. It was the mm. case was scheduled for the 17th of October, mm. somewhere around there. And uh, on the basis of that, he obviously worked out he was going to lose that case and said, uh, well, I'll just, I'll find forty-four um billion. billion, Yeah. To, uh, to, yeah. to purchase Twitter What's the bet? he might To
0: uh, get rid of it again In a couple of years time
1: Well it seems Nonsense to me That one would sell um, you, you know You're holding in Tesla mm. uh, and, and buy Twitter But here we go You know yeah. he, he, he operates on A sort of different dimension To you and I Graham Indeed and then we've also had, uh, which also we've had a, uh, which is for me put a smile on my face, a a big U-turn uh, by the Bank of England. We've, uh, which is I think probably the sort of the biggest of the three U-turns, uh, really. They've abandoned uh, abandoned QT. Well, QT may well not be known by many people. That's quantitative tightening, as opposed to quantitative easing and that so that that sort of quantitative tightening lasted about a week so that uh, was quite impressive before they uh, did a, a u-turn and they now referring to this uh, this u-turn as, a, as an emergency tender Indeed, because they they were selling, weren't they? Uh, the gilts now they're buying them. Uh, well, it's uh, that is actually the the op- is the opposite. Way. So, they, so they were, I suppose, theoretically selling them when they were doing this quantitative tightening. They've been mm. they've been buying all these gilts for uh, and, and debt for well since really two thousand and eight, the grand financial crash. This related back to, and then they said when uh, interest rates went up the other day by half a percent, they said. Uh, you know, we're going to uh, we're mm. going to turn this around uh, now, and we're going to sell all this all this uh, debt that we've bought off off governments and mm. companies. We're now going to sell that back on the market. That lasted about seven days, and then they said, "No, we can't do that anymore. Things are going very badly, and we're going to turn on the printing presses." Uh, after this uh, mini budget, which was anything but mini. Well, yeah, it it, <laughs> so, it certainly was. I mean, actually, the the I think you know sometimes it's easy to conflate the two uh, issues, but actually they are sort of really whilst they ran in tandem, whether they are sort of best looked at things separately. One of the big um, problems, Graham, was that um, sort of this time last week, um, uh, interest rates on government debt, UK government debt, as you rightly called them, um, uh, guilts, um were sort of unsustainably high. The 30-year um, uh, government guilt, which uh, you know, not surprisingly, lost, uh, you get your money back after 30 years, and the yield on that, basically just the interest rate that the government pays you for uh, lending them money, had reached over 5%. And as I say, that really is unsustainable. So, what was pushing up the rates then? Well, you know, again, the Bank of England making that interest rate decision a fortnight ago, they put up interest rates to uh, two and a quarter. The grand total of two and a quarter percent. Um That was one thing. And then they also, in the, I think we discussed it, the the, 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 the stuff that followed afterwards, when they basically said, look, this is going, this is a process that's going to go on for longer, and you know, it's going to be harder than people were anticipating. So That was the first thing. And the other thing, of course, is just you know how we start at the top of the show. This, the, the government are piling. Onto what is already an enormous debt programme, um, this forty-five billion pounds worth now forty-three billion, obviously with those uh, those, those changes mm. uh, of unfunded tax cuts. So those really are the two issues um, that are the, the the cause of this. Right,
0: okay. So what's the Fitch Rating Agency doing? Well,
1: yeah, that also sort of followed this morning. So um, Fitch is a ratings agency, and what they do, they look at the sort of worthiness, really, of of lots of things. In this case, the UK um, uh, (laughs) sort of bank account, effectively, and they said it's not very worthy at all. Um, And they cut today uh, the outlook uh, for the UK to negative from stable. The the S&P, stand and pause, um, did exactly the same. Um, two weeks ago on the 30th of September. And why are they having to get the rate, uh, high rate down then? Well, you know, as I said, this, 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 this interest, uh, this when 30-year rates uh, were over trading this time last week over 5%, this set off uh, alarm bells, particularly at um, pension funds up and down the country. So um, about 11 a.m. Uh, uh, last Thursday, um, the, the government and the Bank of, uh, Bank of England um, stepped in to shore up these
0: markets. Right, okay. So what's wrong with the pension funds? And there must be something fundamental.
1: Well, there, there certainly is. There were certainly in a, a good deal of trouble last week. Now, what happens is that, <clears throat> generally speaking, when um, in, in an interest rate, right, a lot of these pension funds have to hold um, a lot of derivatives, which is futures, complex uh, financial instruments, basically. Um, and um, when, as a rule, when interest rates go up, these derivatives tend to go down in price. When they go down in price, there is something called a margin call. We don't need to go into the the, the, the nitty gritty, but essentially, what that all that means is you've got to provide more cash to basically back up these risky um, derivative instruments. And that was this was happening at a rapid rate. The, in, the interest rate um, rises are happening far quicker than really anyone anticipated, including the so-called experts, the pension funds.
0: It was getting into a sparrow, wasn't it? Of them selling, and the price yields changing yeah yeah.
1: that's right because basically i mean as as the yields were were increasing so basically pension funds had to sell more assets such as government debt government guilt in the in the uk's example that exacerbated the problem because when you sell something you tend to push the price down when you push the price down um yields go up and you know this is a sort of self-perpetuating sort of vicious circle well can we just summarize all that well i mean you know so Tax cuts, as I said, make interest rate um, interest rates um, make interest rate movements go upwards. Now, um, if interest rates go up. Then sort of derivatives fall in value. Then we've got this thing, as I mentioned just a moment ago, a margin call, which is basically people just providing more cash. Um, and in order to do that, you've got to raise cash, and you raise that by basically selling what you you know, what you can, not what often what you would like to sell. So there was often some forced um, uh, asset sales. That's why we saw some pressure also last week on the equity market as well. They were pension funds, which are pretty much selling anything that was liquid. So that, you know, as long as they could get that cash to fill the hole that the the fall in derivative prices was creating, that's what they we're doing it was a sort of recursive process
0: right so government spending what about 65 billion on this for the next
1: well of that's weeks? basically this is what the announcement when quasi uh, said this at 11am last week basically said that they were going to pledge 65 billion Pounds as if we didn't have enough headaches in terms of government spending right now, Graham. Um, he's pledged another 65 uh, billion. Now, th- there's some good news uh, to this is that actually, just by sort of what they call sort of jawboning the situation by t- talking about it, but like Marion Monty did back in um, 2011, he said the words, Whatever it takes, will defend the euro, basically. Quasi mm. um, did this in a far sort of, smaller way. Um, uh, he, pl- he pledged 65 billion. He said this, this is basically only going to go out till the 14th of October. You know, basically, he's gonna, we're going to Spend that uh, uh, money up to that, that figure up to the 14th of uh, October. I did notice, actually, he can extend it beyond that. But up till now, as I say, it's been a ex- uh, success because we've spent a, a little less than for up till today, £4 billion in order to bring these yields down. So as I said, it's not, it wasn't actually the sort of money that was being spent that has sort of helped the process, and it really has helped the process. It was the jawboning, it was the communication from the government that, on behalf of the Bank of England, really, to the market to say, we're going to support, uh, we're going to basically make sure that yields don't fly away. Indeed. And, uh, well, after two weeks, what happens, though? I suppose we're going to, have to see what happens. Well, I know what will happen. They'll extend it. That's put, yeah, that's almost to, certainly, they? yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll have to, because uh, yeah. today I looked at, just before I, I came in here, I looked at sort of mm. y- uh, government um, mm. y- d- debt yield, mm-hmm. and they were edging ever higher. So, yeah, this is basically, so, you know, the, the 40, he said the 14th, he's just all plucked, plucked mm-hmm. a, a number out of the air. Of course, all this
0: has been quite disastrous for people with mortgages. Yeah, I mean, that's... about to buy a house. And either. that is
1: what they're really concerned with, because that becomes another domino, People don't want to buy mm. houses, and that mm. affects the, the economy in a, in a, in, a, in a negative way. What the, the real problem here, Graham? I think going back to, to what you and I spoke to uh, about a fortnight mm. ago was we didn't we the government didn't get the Office of Budgetary Responsibility involved in this discussion when they had the uh, when they had the mini budget. I think that would have solved. All no, maybe not all, but a good number of the problems mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. The Chancellor today, I believe, is meeting with uh,
0: the banks, presumably, to discuss the the issues at the moment with mortgages, amongst other things. anyway, good news for UK on debt, then specifically the energy price guarantee. Well, yeah,
1: you can remember now i've said this, that, well, that forty five billion actually is a sort of a drop in the ocean in, in terms of the other um, sort of uh, debt. Um, um, issues out there, which is, uh, as you mentioned, the uh, the energy price guarantee, which was uh, all the way back on the 8th of September when Kwasi Kwarteng um, stood up in Parliament and basically came came out with um, a, a policy that was well lauded. It's hard to think that a uh, government policy is going to be well lauded uh, in this environment, but it was all the way, uh, you know, a month ago. Um, and, and you know, what they basically, what has happened is, quietly, gas prices have been falling um, uh, since that announcement um, so the actually as a result of that the bit that the government is going to cover in yours and mine energy bill and everyone else up and down the mm. uh, you know this uh, this fair land um, is is basically is that the energy price has fallen by about 40 50 percent and and with that comes the sort of liability that the government of have, uh, have, have basically stipulated step, stipulated in this sort of um you know they said they'll they'll this, this is going to be a tremendous um uh, boon to the government's finances um albeit that gas prices remain low and, and they carry on going in a sort of downward trajectory but i mean everyone i think really involved in this government gas companies are keeping their fingers crossed for a warm winter
0: Indeed. Uh, What about uh, uh, GDP at the moment? Well, there was,
1: you know, that again, that was some more sort of good news, really. This was um, unexpected as well. Uh, This came out last Friday. UK GDP um, came in much better than uh, expected, uh, really, it came in at plus 4.4%. On the year, um, so that was uh, definitely very good. Now exports were up uh, within that, and that was a real push. They were up three point six percent. That was on the quarter, actually. Now that is one of the. We had a lot about this sort of weaker currency last week, and uh, politicians getting involved saying this is sort of. Now one of the one of the it, there are good things and there are bad things about having a weak currency. One of the bad things is that it does inevitably push up inflation. When you buy a washing machine that has been made abroad and it comes into the country, it's going to cost more because your pound is buying less. However. It also has some positives. So basically, you are an exporting nation. And let's face it, the government, successive governments over the decades have been trying to get this uh, country to start exporting more. It's positive. So basically, if you make that washing machine over here in the UK and you sell it abroad, it's, auto, it's cheaper. And this is why it's feeding through into the export numbers. That's why we saw a real, um, you know, a positive number for exports as well. So, you know, and there are, there are other uh, benefits as well, Graham, that, that is, you know, tourism. An American tourists coming over here. I mean, they'll probably buy up the country, well, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, investment in the UK, sort of same kind of thing. That's has a similar kind of benefit for, for UK PLC.
0: Well, I guess it's a strong dollar rather than the weak pound.
1: That's, well, it is. And that's the, that's the real focus again. So just be careful of what... Sort of, Politicians of all sides are saying about this weakness of of the currency. It re- take a look. I mean, it's it's the, the pound. Um, the pound is weak, of course, and it's never been a great sort of harbinger of wealth over the uh, over the centuries, really. Um, but um, it is, as I say, it is more to do with the uh, stronger dollar. And actually, to that point, Graham, that you make, the United Nations joined actually the World Bank, who we again mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and they urge caution, in, in uh, especially the, the US, in continuing to raise rates. This is crippling the likes of, uh, sort of emerging market uh, economies because a lot of the commodities that they n- need in order to sort of Build their economy are based in US dollars. So if the US dollar is going up in their currency, it, it becomes far harder for, let's say, Sri Lanka, which has got a, a plethora of problems at the moment, to basically buy those commodities to help expand their their uh, uh, their, um, their their economies and make them competitive. So that's one of the, the things that the UN was is uh, fearful. And and also just to sort of underline that, the World Trade Organization today uh, cut quite dramatically their estimates for world trade they basically said that in 2023 world trade was now only they forecast world trade was going to increase by just one percent their previous estimate might have been around three and a half percent increase
0: right not such good news in the us
1: i see well, I mean, you know, the, I mean, as I said, yes, a lot, you know, last week. Yeah, well, in, in jobs, but actually, finally, the funny thing here is, uh, Graham, actually, that bad news in jobs is actually good news for equity markets. I know that sounds <laughs> strange, but basically what is, what the, what governments all over the world, is looking for signs that the economy is slowing. And and jobs is one of the, the sort of first signs of that. Um, and we saw some data out of the US on Monday, um, which basically said that job openings had slowed significantly. Equity markets took off on this news. So actually, in the S&P 500 rallied on Monday and Tuesday around about six percent that was a that was the biggest rally that uh, u.s markets at least had seen for uh, since t- uh, 2020 when basically floods of money was coming into the market so that so bad news for the for the economy actually worked out to be good news for uh, for equity markets all over all over the world because the when as the u.s um, leads uh, the likes of europe follow right well thank you for taking us through all the financial stuff this week
0: and uh, we look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks time look forward to seeing you then There we are. That's uh, Lee Humphreys with our City Update.